This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Uh, we are coming right down to it with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and the Big Ten as we all await the news, especially the Wolverines right now. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. On your smart speakers and visually, Joseph, on the ESPN app. Good morning. How are you, my friend? This is no good. This is no good. I got caught doing the bug eyes thing right as we went live, and then I saw myself in the return with the big bug eyes. Where I'm rattled. I'm rattled. It's the start of the show. I just struck out looking in the first inning, and you might need more of me later in this game. I don't know if you're going to get it. Okay, so we're done for the day. Gotcha. That, this might be, yeah, this might be a day you want to go to the bullpen early. This is a bullpen Here's game what I'm for you, say. pal. Kill the mic, sit back, I got it. <laughs> Your boy's coming we, in hot in his gold Chevy Malibu. Is that what you're driving exactly. these days? <laughs> we had a bit of a night last night. It's uh, Let's just put it this way. There's nothing sadder than a fat man waddling through an airport <laughs> trying to make a connection. He knows he's got no shot of making. And that's what happened last night in Chicago. Next thing you know, uh, rental car, my good friends at Hertz getting it done. Gold Chevy Malibu through the Illinois-Iowa night with Iron Eagle on the radio and listening to a little bad Thursday night football. Three and a half hours later, we're in Cedar Rapids and we're ready to roll. Oh, my God. So the fl- you miss the flight. You get a rental car. Gold Chevy Malibu. You got to drive from Chicago to the University of Iowa to get ready for the Iowa Rutgers game, which, by the way, is a total of 28, so no one's expecting fireworks there. And on the drive, you've got the Bears game on the radio, which will go down as one of the worst games of the NFL season. That was your night? That was my night. And let me tell you something, and it's not a knock on the the Midwest or anything, but you can drive and you will see nothing for – 20 miles, nothing, maybe not even another car in the pitch dark, you think you're going to die. Yeah. Something is coming from somewhere to kill you because it has never been darker uh, in any situation I have ever driven in in my life. But that's neither here nor there because Michigan's got a bit of a situation cooking right now, Joseph. As of this hour, Michigan's administration, this is according to Adam Rittenberg just a few minutes ago, has not heard from the Big Ten per sources. The team will begin its preparations to leave for Penn State around 1 p.m. Eastern, so about an hour from now, really going down to the wire here, which, as Rittenberg uh, and several sources noted, isn't really fair to the players. Joseph, um... I don't know where to start here other than to say to suggest that Michigan is being dealt with unfairly is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And this idea that, oh, my God, you're waiting to the last minute. What are we ever going to do? Pearl clutching all over the place. They have been preparing all week as if Jim Harbaugh is not going to coach this game tomorrow because that's what you do. You prepare. By the way. I would say that Michigan is uniquely prepared for this, considering they already had three games this year without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline because of the other suspension. So if this actually happens, I I don't want to hear, well, what about the kids? Oh, no. No, no, no. They're ready to roll. They will be just fine, and that will be nothing more than a built-in excuse in Happy Valley tomorrow. All right. Let's start with this. You can't start with, I don't know where to begin and then launch into a beautiful monologue like that. You knew exactly where you wanted to begin. This is me, baby. This is me. You knew exactly where you wanted to begin. Like, I'm not sure where to begin. 
Now, please move aside as I lay out a very well thought out series of points. Uh, job well done. Job well done. I don't Thank disagree you. with any of it. We can go get lunch if we want, or we can continue with the uh, section here. Um, I don't. I don't understand the why of so much of this. Why does this have to be done today? Everywhere we go, we're just Michigan's Michigan. It's coming. The punishment is coming. We're going to hear somewhat shortly. We've got to be prepared for it. Michigan is is Jim Harbaugh's getting on that plane one way or another. We need to know. It's it's why. It, it, are we up against some sort of deadline here that I am unaware of? What is the why behind the rush job here? Because I know that there's this thought that we need to get it out if it's going to be two games so that it happens before Penn State and that it would be Penn State in Maryland and he wouldn't miss Ohio State. But is there information you came across in the last 48 hours, 72 hours, in which you couldn't have done this at the beginning of the week? Like, what is the why here? Why is there so much urgency for the Big Ten to do something that we all know they don't want to do? Like, the thing well, that gets me here real quick, I'm going to wrap it up real quick, there's hmm. all this pressure on Tony Petiti in, in the Big Ten to get this done. All the, the media, the fans, the schools are yelling and screaming. Like, if you capitulate, if you, if you give in to this, they're going to come at you for everything. You're the one calling the shots. You hand out the punishment when you see fit. What are you doing? Why are you rushing through this? I think this is interesting. There are a couple of things that I totally agree with you on. As far as the need to do it immediately, there's clearly been some pressure with that, but I'm not thoroughly clear on what that accomplishes, okay? Um, I'm not going to pearl clutch, as we just talked about, but leadership is not worrying about what everyone thinks because you are not going to make everyone happy. Exactly. If you're the president of the United States, do you wait for people to come to you or do they wait for you? You know what I'm saying? Like the president operates on his time frame. When you're in charge, you do it your way. I don't understand why there's a rush to appease all these people who are going to be mad no matter what you say. But is it definitively that or is it that – you're doing what you think is right with the information that you have at the moment. So what's the difference because between we, today we and yesterday? Uh, well, what we don't know. It, well, I'm sure it's a couple of things. I think, number one, Tony Petiti, in, new in this position. Now, remember, this is a guy that has run television networks, but this is unique in that he hasn't been in this kind of position before. All right. And I, I, I think he's going to be great for this conference, and this is certainly an early test for him as to how he handles this. But... Is this about him actually reacting to how all of the coaches and staff people and everybody around the conference has been upset with this situation? Is it actually reacting to the evidence presented to him and doing what he feels is right? Or is it just a public pressure? I, For me... It's not about the public pressure, because either way, you're getting pressure. Michigan's going to be all ticked off. They're trying to put their pressure back on, really, you want to go down this road? Okay, we're going to make this ugly. Nobody wants this to be ugly all the way around. Trust me. Michigan does not want this to be ugly. The rest of the conference does not want this to be ugly. But, Joe, once again, I go back to this. Michigan's not denying that they didn't do anything wrong. Harbaugh's not denying that they didn't do anything wrong. They're just saying let the process play out. So with that in mind, if this is a a commissioner that feels like it's in the best, uh, his conference is best served by delivering this kind of message to a team that 
is not just flouting the rules, but according to the evidence that's presented, I'm assuming, is completely disregarding them altogether and doing whatever he has to do, well, then you have to put a stop to it, don't you? I feel like this is a big rush job because of the outside pressure. I think we talked about this before, the importance of calm. So many people aim to be happy, right? I need to be happy. Mm. It's There's no situation in the world in which you can be happy 100% of the time. You should aim to be calm because calm in the face of adversity, calm in the face of trauma, calm in the face of the problems we deal with on a day-to-day basis, that will serve you greater. We all want to be happy, but you can't be happy 100% of the time. Strive for calm. Leadership needs to be calm. This feels as if the teams and the fans and the media are all over the Big Ten and they're rushing a decision here. I would punt this thing as far down the road as humanly possible because let me tell you something. Anything Tony Petiti does when he hands out this punishment there's no way he's going to get mass approval for this. It's no. either going to be too light or too strong. And I don't think but it's going to be too strong. To. And I think everyone is going to be up in arms no matter what. Punt it down the road. And if there's one thing we've learned about America in this century, another scandal and another problem will hmm. arise. And that will take all of our attention away. I don't think they should be in a rush to get this done. I'm not even a Michigan fan. I'm a Penn State graduate. I would love it if Harbaugh wasn't there tomorrow. But the reality of this is that the whole thing just feels rushed it feels sloppy it feels the opposite of calm and when that occurs i feel like it's going to lead to more problems for everyone involved this is chris canty from this morning on on sportsmanlike and he happy was happy birthday uh, by popping, the way the birthday boy oh, happy birthday to chris canty exactly you didn't know that uh, I, I did know that i did know that i heard it this morning why'd you need me to remind you i i well i didn't he's need your to former say partner he's your boy yeah former is the word to use there uh <laughs> Listen, the operative word, not my responsibility anymore. Okay, you moved on from me. We're good. Uh, Here he is, though. I do want to hear what he had to say about the Big Ten and their action here. Talking about competitive disadvantages and advantages because of doing something illegal like stealing the opposing team's side. If you don't know who the hell is coaching you as a player when you're getting ready to take off for a road game the day before, like that's just absolutely asinine. If you're Tony Petiti, there's no world that we can live in which you discipline Jim Harbaugh and take him off the field for tomorrow's game. Birthday boy's hot. He is hot about this. Uh, I think he's wrong. Um, And not that he, not that the Big Ten absolutely should do it, but this is, Michigan's been here before and they have been getting ready for this all week. That's why, to me, this is not, oh, my God, they're going to be running around. And who do I listen to on the sideline? And these kids are going to be so disorganized. Oh, my <laughs> God, we can't go on without Jim Harbaugh. How do we not just shut down the program altogether? Dear God, stop. Just stop. Go out and win the game. You won three games without him at the beginning of the season. Jim James Franklin has had trouble winning these big games. That's an way, understatement b- right there. Better better find a way tomorrow. But having said that, I mean, just just go and do it. To me, it feels like some built-in excuses early, and then we go from there. And if you're – I really don't want to hold this against the school or against the players. This is the guy who's in charge of the whole thing who needs to answer for it because every time – a coach's team doesn't play well, the first thing he says is, well, it starts with me. The whole thing starts with him, and that's where we're supposed to be with this. Whether or not, I heard this one too today, by the way, just quickly. 
Michigan does not have any evidence that Jim Harbaugh knew anything about this. Oh. Uh, really? Oh, so Michigan I, I, doesn't have any evidence. That's well. Right. They have none. I'm willing I, to I accept them at their word. I'm willing to bet they put their finest people on that, really <laughs> digging under every stone, you know, turning uh, turning over every single Nothing stone. Nothing short of Mr. Bean on the case will suffice for us. <laughs> It's Carlin versus Joe. We have got you covered on this story over the next few hours because we expect, as you expect, there to be news. And we will be up to the minute on it every single moment. So you want to keep it locked right here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And we want you to be a part of the program as well. At 888-SAY-ESPN, you... Our Carlin versus Joe Nation. And you can join us on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. So just to recap where we are at the moment, Heather Dinich reported this morning. Sources indicate a Big Ten response is coming early this afternoon. Michigan's leaving at 1 o'clock. Do we have somebody at the airport? Do we? I mean... I- <laughs> Can we get a helicopter following around Harbaugh, please? I'd like to see where he's at at all times. Dan Murphy is at the airport, so we will be on top of this, and we will find out if they're going through security and whether or not Jim is getting on that plane or he is just waving goodbye like in Casablanca. That's exactly what it's going to (laughs) be. If one NFL coach was not on the hot seat before Week 10, he is now. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio Series 6M Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Have a night. 3-0 last night, up three units, 71, 69, and one overall. Still down 6.08 units overall, but it was worse at the beginning of the week, and we're climbing out of the hole. Two NFL plays for this weekend. Number one, Lions minus three over the Chargers. Situational play here. Lions off their bye week. Chargers just played Monday night on the East Coast, now coming all the way across the country. Charger defense looks like it's improved, but that's built on the backs of games against the Raiders, the Jets, and some other really bad teams. Okay, they're better, but that Lions defense has gotten much better this year. Top 10 in both defensive efficiency and defensive EPA, Lions minus three. In addition, we're going to do a six-point teaser. That means we have six points to move the point spread. The catch is we have to hit both legs, two teams. So it's going to be Baltimore. They're currently minus six against the Cleveland Browns. We're going to tease that down to a pick which means we just need to win the game. But the other leg is going to be Cincinnati from six and a half down to half a point against the Houston Texans. Big step up in class for Houston. This is still the team that a couple weeks ago lost to Carolina. We all saw them last night. As for the Browns, I don't think Watson has the offensive firepower to hang with Lamar Jackson in this game. So Lions minus three, and then a six-point teaser that has the Ravens as a pick and the Bengals minus a half a point. Here's the snap. Agent's going to throw. Wow. Throws over the middle. Caught by Mooney at the 41st down Chicago. And that's your ball game. We're all frustrated. It's not who, not who we are, not who we want to be. But we have to be better. I have to be a lot better.
I mean, I, I'm always frustrated when I have to travel and I might be missing a sporting event. You never know what the streaming situation is going to be on the plane, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Never felt more comfortable with not catching a play of it other than on the radio than I did last night. And, and still knowing everything you. that happened? I knew I know everything that happened. As I said, I listened to the entire game uh, virtually uh, driving from Chicago to Iowa, and I know exactly what happened because as bad as that game stunk, the smell was permeating all the way out Interstate 88 to right where I was. <laughs> it, it truly was. And that was awful to watch in so many ways. The Carolina Panthers should just shut it down, Joe. Shut down the franchise, for Pete's sake. I mean, this is so bad right now. The quarterback, I did not expect this. I, I thought Bryce Young had a chance to be pretty good, and and he still does, obviously. Uh, and he's still finding his way. But, boy, this is really, really bad to watch with them. And then you listen to the Adam Thielen comment after the game. Here's what it is, okay? We're just not hitting on all cylinders right now. We're not hitting on any cylinders. It's an embarrassing effort. I think everyone's just embarrassed. Put up, what, six points on offense? Like, we didn't do anything. It's embarrassing when your defense is playing the way they're playing, especially the way they're playing. It's embarrassing. That's like third embarrassing here so far. And we talk about we're just putting in good practices. We're doing the right things, building momentum, but it's not translating. That's tough. Adam Thielen is a veteran who knows what he's looking at, and he knows right now he is on a very bad football team. The only thing you need to understand about the state of the Carolina Panthers right now is that in a standalone primetime game last night, they made the Chicago Bears look more than competent. Yeah. And the Bears have been as dysfunctional and embarrassing as anybody in the business for the last two years. And last night, they looked all right. They looked all right with a quarterback no one's ever heard of, with a defense that absolutely stinks. Coming into that game last night, the Chicago Bears had given up 25 or more points in 15 of their previous 19 games. They entered that game last night with a 6-21 and record over their last 27 games. They've had four head coaches over the last 10 years. They are the epitome of embarrassment when it comes to NFL and or professional franchises in sports in this country. Carolina went to their stadium last night and made them look competent. That tells you everything you need to know about Carolina. Bryce Young looks awful. I don't know how much of that is on him, given the fact that they haven't put a whole lot around him. I do know that Frank Reich is not the man for the job. We talked about this yesterday. That narrative's building. I would make a sizable wager he's not coming back. All you need to know about Frank Reich is that end-of-game sequence that he completely mishandled, which any 12-year-old who's played Madden would have been able to figure out. Panthers trailing by three. They've crossed midfield. It's third and ten. Reich has three timeouts left. He calls timeout. Huge mistake, because if you keep all three of those timeouts and you blow these ensuing sequence, you can get three stops and get the ball back one more time. But Reich calls timeout and jeopardizes that end-of-game sequence. Sends his team on the field for third and 10. Incomplete pass, so they get nothing out of the play. They lose the timeout. And then he takes Eddie Panero, his field goal kicker, 
who has never in his life converted from longer than 56 yards, sends them out there for a 59-yard field goal attempt at Soldier Field in November, and guess what happens? It comes up short, and that's pretty much the game. Reich didn't understand anything about his personnel, his situation, his timeout usage, his play calling. Nothing about that was handled properly. And if you're David Tepper, the the, the owner of the team, you saw everything you needed to see last night that he's not the man for the job. 15 plays, 50 yards. That's what the drive was at the end. Has a drive ever existed that's been 15 plays, 50 yards? I, I have to imagine so in the did, – did football have a dead ball era? I mean, I'm guessing <laughs> You know, maybe in the movie Leatherheads. Yeah, I the don't leather know. helmet era maybe. It, maybe. Exactly. But that's a, disres- a disrespectful statement to them. It, it really is. Um, uh, Frank Reich has never been a great head coach. He had a good year or two uh, in Indianapolis, and I understand what happened with Andrew Luck. You know, he's never been a good head coach. And – this is a situation that is untenable for them at the moment. But how about the Bears? The Bears now, with that pick uh, that belongs to Carolina, actually improved their chances to get the number one overall pick last night by winning. They went, If they had lost a game, Evan, tell me if I have this right, okay? If they had lost a game, they would have had a 23% chance of getting the number one pick between their pick and Carolina's pick. Right now, they have a 43% chance because Carolina lost to the Bears last night. So it actually got better. Is that correct? Yeah, 28% if they had won the game, the Bears. Uh, if they had lost the game, 43% with the win. I mean, that's amazing. That, that's absolutely amazing. Let me tell you when something. You, the word amazing can't be applied to anything we saw last night. So just go ahead and back that one up because there's why, nothing, there's nothing about last night that was amazing. It was amazingly bad. And I can revel sometimes in the train wreck. That was not even a train wreck. That was a massive, massive explosion of badness in football. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are still waiting a decision from the Big Ten on the University of Michigan. Heather Dinich reported this morning that sources indicate a response is coming early this afternoon. Michigan, the team, is supposed to leave around 1 o'clock today. How about the statement from Jim Harbaugh's attorney? Tom Mars told Pete Thamel, I'm confident he's going to be on that plane one way or another. What, like Seagal in that movie Executive Decision? Well, actually, Seagal didn't make it. Kurt Russell made it. Yeah, Seagal died in that movie. Uh, But Kurt Russell did make it. Uh, I pictured more uh, like Arnold in uh, one of his early movies. Commando. That's him jumping off the plane, though. Oh, you're right. That was jumping off the plane after he had killed the guy on the plane. How about my Schwarzenegger knowledge? Like, I knew that instantaneously, even though it was was an uh, inaccurate analogy. Alyssa Milano was a kid, correct? Correct. Yeah, that was, I'll tell you. Either way, Jim's going to, I could see Jim, the plane taking off and Jim's grabbing on. You couldn't see him grabbing on to the landing gear as the plane's taking off? No, I could see Jim flying it. (laughs) We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are going to keep you updated on this. You want to keep it right where it is on Carlin versus Joe. In moments, we will get the take on this of one of our folks who is, Absolutely locked in. Sam Acho is going to join us in studio. What's on the line when they face Penn State in Happy Valley tomorrow? It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Big Ten is expected to make a ruling sometime in the upcoming days on whether or not Michigan violated the league's sportsmanship policy. If you all of a sudden suspend Jim Harbaugh without due process, well, what's to say that that doesn't become the standard? The Michigan Wolverines should be banned from the college football playoffs until the investigation is complete. You have to know exactly what Jim Harbaugh was aware of before you levy any type of discipline. Could be any minute now. We are waiting on the response from the Big Ten regarding Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Sam Acho, ESPN football analyst, joining us in studio right now. Sam, we appreciate you stopping by, and let's just start here. We all know what the talk is, that Harbaugh today could find out that he's suspended beginning tomorrow. So how big of a deal is that for a team preparing to play Penn State tomorrow? It's a big deal for most teams, but for this Michigan team, I don't think it's as big of a deal detrimentally to the team. Remember, Jim Harbaugh self-suspended himself the first three games of the season. Self-suspended himself. Mm -hmm. Department of Redundancy Department. He did it to himself. (laughs) So long story short, and they were undefeated. Mind you, those were easy opponents. That's why Michigan had one of the easiest strengths of schedule. But this team is led, yes, by their coach, but also by their quarterback. J.J. McCarthy is a bona fide stud as a player, as a leader. And I think we've seen this Michigan team, and Joe, you could attest to this as well. We're watching doing our college football stuff on Saturdays. We've seen this team come together despite all the outside noise. And so for me, I think it is a big deal. Even if Jim Harbaugh is suspended today and the game is tomorrow, I actually think the team will rally around that. And I think some of the assistant coaches who have had head coaching experience in week one, in week two, and week three, will be able to step up and fill that void even against a formidable opponent like Penn State. All right, you've been on the sidelines. Carlin and I can talk about this all we want, but you've actually lived it. So imagine you're in this situation. Harbaugh's out of the equation how much is actually changing in the grand scheme of things? He's obviously very important, but, I mean, is it like panic and chaos, or is it just a simple just guys are moving? It depends. I've been in the situation, and I've also been on the sideline against Jim Harbaugh coach teams when I was playing with the Arizona Cardinals. He was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, so I know he is an integral part of his team. There is that that confidence that comes with your head coach and the charisma, whatever you want to call it, the play calling. He's not the one calling the plays, but there's that. But I think the difference is – it seems as if Michigan may be ready for something to happen, and so they are prepared. Remember, Jesse Minter, their defensive coordinator, got a chance to help call the, not call the plays, but be the head coach early in the season. Their offensive coordinator did the same thing. Jim Harbaugh's son, the special teams, did the same thing as well. And so, yes, it's a big deal, but teams prepare for all situations. And so if Michigan knew that this situation may come, they would have prepared for a scenario where he's not on the sideline. Mind you, even without suspensions, teams prepare for what happens if our head coach gets sick the day of the game or something happens. And so 
it's not going to be chaos. There's going to be a plan in place, albeit maybe plan B or plan C, but a plan in place even without Jim Harbaugh. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Sam Acho, ESPN football analyst, joining us. All right, what's on the line for Michigan tomorrow at Penn State? A lot. I mean, a lot. Now, mind you, it's not the college football playoffs because if you lose this game, Michigan still does play Ohio State at the end of the season. And if they do win that game, there's a three-way tie, still a chance to go and play in the Big Ten Championship. And you beat another ranked team in that Big Ten Championship. And so the the college football playoff is not on the line in this one. But I will say this. If Michigan loses this game versus Penn State, whether Harbaugh's there or not, questions will arise on, okay, is this a Connor Stallions thing, right? Okay, no, I'm just saying, like, Michigan's been the, the real head coach of this operation. That's, that's what I'm saying. Tarball a front man for Stallions? I'm just saying, Michigan's been the most dominant team, in my opinion, in all of college football. Penn State has been good, but not great. And we saw that again when they played Ohio State. So if all of a sudden Michigan loses this game, a game I don't think they should lose, Connor, you know, there's no, there's no, I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone, but I'm saying there's none of the extra side stuff that's been going on, I think questions may arise not only in my mind, but maybe in the mind of the college football selection, playoff selection committee, because they're going to be saying, okay, we've, we're judging what's on the field, but there's been some off the field stuff that's happened. How much of that affects what's on the field? I know that the committee has said, hey, we don't, we're not the NCAA, the NCAA, they're the ones that decides this investigation. We only judge teams based off what they're doing on the field and if they're eligible to be in the postseason. But if I'm a human being, and if I'm, and they're all human beings that are deciding who's on the playoff, you're saying, man, how bad did they lose if Michigan does lose? And does it have anything to do with maybe the easy schedule they played earlier in the season? Maybe these tough opponents are actually, are actually real, the real litmus test for Michigan. Okay, this leads into an excellent point. I, I want to see Michigan in the playoff because I think it just makes for great theater. There's a villain that everyone's going to root against except for Michigan. It just... This is what college football and sports is, right? It's yeah. Apollo, Rocky, it's yeah. all that stuff. If they would lose this game and then they run the table and they beat Ohio State, any loss, Carlin and I have speculated wildly that the committee, while they say they're not taking any of this into account, the sign stealing, we feel like one loss would be enough for them to come up with a good reason to keep them out and no one would be able to argue. Do you think they could do something like that? I don't think so. No. I don't think oh, so. Come on, you got to play into the speculation. No, well, I, I love the speculation. The wild, reckless speculation. I love the vil- like even the piece of being a villain. Like I think I love that. Even just for college football, guys lit up right? on that one. I know yeah, you're very for excited. For sure, I love that part. But but the facts would be this: Michigan would have lost to a what would end up being a top ten Penn State team. Yeah. So that'd be their one loss to be against a top Penn State. You know, it would end up being in the top ten if they beat Michigan. Maybe even top eight. Who knows? Then they would go and they would if they go and beat Ohio State in two weeks. That's a top 10 win, top five win, top three, whatever Ohio State's ranked right now, you know, win. And then you beat Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship or or, or whoever you play, um, excuse me, in the Big Ten Championship. From the Western side. The they West, unfortunately yeah. have not gone like the Pac-12 Correct, correct. So you'll beat, I don't know if it'll be Iowa or whoever you would play in the West, whoever ends up coming out of the West. You'd win that game. Now all of a sudden you are a Big Ten champ with one loss versus a top 10 or top eight team. It'd be hard to keep them out ba- unless unless – let's say Texas goes undefeated and let's say Georgia runs the table, then you might have an excuse. But the committee looks at at championships. Those championships matter. Did you win your championship and who did you lose to? Yeah. Sam Acho joining us, ESPN football analyst, Carlin versus Joe. Sam, just how egregious do you think what Jim Harbaugh is accused of? How, how would you rate that in terms of that's really bad or not? 
Well, I don't even think it's really Jim Harbaugh well, that's right. being the, accused. The Michigan program yes. under his oversight. I think the Michigan. I think what the Michigan pro what is being accused is what's being what's the alleged sign stealing. I think is pretty significant in that it is out of the rules of the NCAA. Right, sign stealing is allowed, but what you can't do is you can't go and advance scout teams that you play in that season. Number one, number in person, and number two, you can't go and use electronics, cameras, or whatever to record things in person. And so that's what's been accused or alleged for this the Michigan program. And so that is significant. Sharing signs, talking about trying to steal signs while you're playing, that's allowed. But what's not allowed is what's being accused from Michigan. And I don't I don't know if Jim Harbaugh I don't believe that Jim Harbaugh is running the operation, right? Hey, go do this, go do that. But it is under his oversight and there has to be some type of culpability if you're running the program. As a Penn State grad, I, I know how this game plays out tomorrow. I'm well aware. I've seen Franklin in the big games. I'm pretty sure I know how this is going to go. But that said, you can't ask for a better spot if you're James Franklin. They're coming in with all these distractions, a possible suspension coming for the coach. You guys are sitting there. No one's talking about Penn State this week. No one's talking about that crap offense, the problems against Ohio State. They are distraction-free hosting this game in a hostile environment. You don't win this game. What does that mean for Franklin and Penn State? Well, it means that you are where you've been the last several years, right below Michigan and right below Ohio State. Now, Second-tier citizen well, in your I, own conference. That, 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 that's, that's what it's been. The, yep. we, people have been waiting for, can Penn State get over the hump? Can they get in that elite status? And James Franklin said it himself, man, we're really good, but we're not elite yet. Those Michigan and Ohio State have been elite. They've been the class of the Big, of the big Ten. And so I will push back on this, though. I don't know how distracted the team actually is. There's a lot of outside noise. You mean Michigan? Michigan. Yeah, they could be focused. They could just be locked in. Yeah, I think they're locked in. I mean, there's a lot of outside noise. Everyone you've heard from in the program is saying, hey, man, we're focused, we're dialed in, we're locked in. And you might say, well, how can you be? There's all this noise. Like, as a football team, you focus on what's in front of you, period. And especially teams that are that, that tight-knit, you're not distracted by what happens outside the program. Now, you might say, well, hey, if Harbaugh suspended, that's inside the program. But I still think that would actually bring the team together, just like we saw that we saw J.J. McCarthy wearing a free Harbaugh shirt in week was it week one or week two in the season when Harbaugh was suspended. And so I don't think that – it sounds like it's a good spot for Penn State. I don't know if it's a good spot for Penn State. Great, thanks. Sam. I'm real confident now. <laughs> lay, lay, it, lay the points, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, heartbroken. Can't help you. Sam, awesome stuff, man. We appreciate you popping in for a few on a busy day. Awesome, thanks. Sam Acho, ESPN football analyst, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All the attention is on Ann Arbor and State College, but in the NFL, all the attention should be on a game in Florida. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. If you're interested in winning, you will, in just moments, find out from the team that is leading the ESPN Pick'em Challenge 
what your NFL picks should be for the weekend. Not just leading, but doing it in remarkable fashion. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and we are proud to recognize that it's Veterans Week here at ESPN as we honor all military personnel who are actively serving, veterans who have served, and those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Many of our ESPN colleagues are those very brave people who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces. As a commitment to empowering those who have served our country, we want to make sure that military personnel and military spouses everywhere are aware of ESPN's continued support of Disabled American Veterans Career Fairs, which connect veterans and spouses with employers nationwide who are committed to hiring them. ESPN support of the career fairs has engaged nearly 7,900 veterans and spouses, resulting in 2,900 interviews being conducted and 960 job offers made. To learn more, visit DAV.org. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It is time to hear from the first place team in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge that is winning this season at a 74% clip. Once again, I'd like to point out, never been a professional gambler myself. It would strike me, Joe, that's winning at a pretty good clip. I, I got to tell you, we're 26-1. and one. 20 wins, six defeats, one draw. We're only one game up on game night and three games up on Freddie and Harry. This is against the spread. This is not straight up. Like, Unsportsmanlike is 15-11-1, and that's good enough to lead some of these things. I can't yeah. believe we've had to go 74% for a one-game lead. This is this is a hot group this year, with the exception of, you know, Greeny. Amber and Ian are under, under 500, too, so let's not get nuts. Okay? <laughs> Listen. Here, here's all I'm going to say. 15, 11, and 1, it's respectable would be a word Strong. I would use. It's profitable. Uh, yeah. Listen, not in this group. No. No. So let's get right to it. Game number one. at Jaguars. <laughs> That's right. Tight, Hanman. Tight. 49ers, three-point favorites over the Jaguars. I have a feeling I know where you're leaning on this, but let's have it. All right, so this is a tough one. I can be swung either way. I lean Niners for a couple of reasons. I don't think a team's ever had a bye week at a more opportune time than the Niners. They lost three straight. They were banged up. They had issues on defense. Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, he's going from the booth down to the field. Uh, Debo Samuel and everyone else got healthy. You get a chance to reset here. Now, Jacksonville has been very good this season. Very good. I respect them. But I look at this five-game winning streak, and I see that four of those five teams rank outside the top 20 in offensive EPA. Expected points added, okay? That's important because the Niners rank third. They rank third in that category. This is a big step up for Jacksonville. I lean to the Niners minus three. Now, when you say you lean, how far do you lean? Just a lean. It's one of those, hey, if you love it, you're not going to hear me tell you you're wrong. I'm just saying I I can't I can't come on here and tell you I got nothing. Sorry. So I yeah. give you my rundown and I say I lean to the Niners. You know when I'm hot, I'll tell you flat out. This is a game I love. I'm locked in. Right. You can disagree. I'm still betting my you-know-what off on it. 
This I is like not one of those Jag- games. I, I like the Jaguars here getting okay. the three points, and primarily because it feels like a prove-it type game. This feels like, listen, Jacksonville, as we have seen before, can be a very good home field advantage. It can be. And this feels like one of those weeks where, hey, we got the Niners coming in. Everybody's getting excited in that town for it. Can we prove ourselves here on this big stage against a really good opponent? That's why I lean there. I wouldn't say it's anything more than that. I'm not going to try to throw numbers at it. I also think the 49ers are kind of questioning themselves a bit at the moment with what's gone on so far. So I like the Jaguars. Okay. My instincts are to generally to follow your instincts. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really bang the gavel for the Niners here. It's it's like I said. I've laid out the case. Right, Jacksonville's also coming off the bye. You're catching three at home. If you tell me I'm on the Jaguars plus three off the bye at home, I'm not gonna sit here and go, man, we we made a huge mistake on this one. No, that's where you are. Jaguars plus three. Okay, let's do it. Game two. Browns at Ravens. Now, the Ravens are six and a half point favorites over the Browns. I love the Ravens in this game. I do absolutely as well. love them. I, I, yeah, do as well. I don't think Deshaun Watson can keep it close. That defense, as good as they are for the Browns, uh, Indy hung a big number on them when they were on the road. Seattle hung yep. a big number on the road. Yep, and I think the Ravens got something cooking now. I think they're they're in a very good gear at the moment. The way things are going, uh, again, this is from a man who called them frauds not three weeks ago and feels pretty <laughs> stupid about it right now. Uh, I am on board with the Ravens minus six and a half. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Okay, game three. Lions at Chargers. Uh, Lions, three-point favorites at Los Angeles. Go in 20 seconds. Lions, they're off the bye. The Chargers just played Monday night across the country. Situational edge to Detroit. Defense is much better. I know the Charger defense has gotten better, but here's the thing. It's built on the backs of teams like the Jets and the Raiders. Yeah, I'll go Lions, too, there, because I'm not getting stalied. I'm not getting stalied. (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay, so the picks for the first-place team. You got 49ers, or Jaguars, plus three, Ravens, minus six and a half, and Lions, minus three. You're welcome. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.